I, I was uh, reading the, the gospel reading, and the title of my sermon today is To Share, We Need to Know. And I wonder um, if we can think, what are you watching these days? Or what are you reading these days? I just started watching um, years of years on the BBC. don't know if you have watched it. Emma Thompson, um, it is. Uh, let me tell you, it's fantastic, or I think it's fantastic. So I have so far laughed, cried, winced, and watched to both, uh, wanted to both carry on and stop watching. It's a bit too much. It's a bit too close. Um, but I wonder if you can think again of what are you watching and what are you, or what are you reading? And take, let's take two minutes and speak to the person next to you and tell them. What is it that you're watching these days? What are you reading about? Where are you listening? Take two minutes. Please do share with each other. Don't be shy. Excellent. Oh, wow. I'm so glad that you are sharing. That's good. So how easy was that? I hope it wasn't too bad, was it? I think there are many reasons why that was not too bad. Um, it's a topic that we know, because obviously we are watching or we are reading the book or, or the article or whatever you shared. Um, I'm sure it's a non-controversial thing to do, to share what one is watching or reading. Um, in a very British way, you are not praying into people's personal space by sharing about it. But I think it's also easier because I ask you, to do it. I give you permission to do it. I provide an opportunity for that to happen. So uh, we will be reflecting on this passage this morning. Um, it's being called the Great Commission, the passage that we're talking about this morning. And in its operational side, it's pretty similar to what we have just done. So you see, Jesus invited his well-known train audience to a place. He asked them to do something. He encouraged them to do it. Now, the topic at hand, the gospel today, is not a movie or a book. It is something much more deeply life-changing and very personal, so it will invade your personal space. Therefore, the invitation is not as simple as my one to you this morning. So let's look at the passage. So the passage tells us they went and they worshipped him, which I think in the context of what we know about the disciples, remember this happened after the crucifixion. Jesus has been dead. He has gone down to hell. After three days he was raised from there, and he has now appearing to his disciples. That's the context of what this is happening. So I think the fact that they worship him means that finally... After years of walking with him and witnessing this whole story, they have realized who he was, the Son of God. But notice that the passage also tells us that some, however, had their doubts. And you know what? Part of our Christian's lives is having doubts. A Christian who doesn't doubt maybe needs to think twice. Because it's in the doubt that we cling on to what God is. He is not meant to be boxed by us. 
He's bigger than us. We will not understand the fullness of him. And that is okay. Because then he would be God if we could do that. But Jesus knew there were doubts. So he proceeded to remind them that. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And by saying that, he's talking to both, for those who doubt and those who didn't. He's setting the scene for what is coming next, because he says, go and make disciples to all nations. And go and make them in the authority that I'm giving you. Because he knows it's not easy to make disciples. He's given him, he's given them his authority to do it. But also he's telling them, as he has always been so caring for humanity, and you can be sure that I am always with you to the very end. He's an invitation to trust him and to trust that he will be with them as much as he's with us today. Now, what is a disciple? So the Cambridge Dictionary tells us that a disciple is a noun, uh, meaning a person who believes in the ideas and principles of someone famous and tries to live the way that person does or did. So now, just to clarify, we are, um, I'm not asking you to create an appreciation society for oneself, just to make clear the, the famous person here is Jesus, to use the Cambridge Dictionary. Um, so basically, we're called to be disciples of Jesus, to try and live the way that he did. Now, Jesus' discipleship mo uh, model, he spent more or less three years with his disciples. Um, he ate, he walked, he taught them, he slept with them. He did pretty much everything together with them. His model of teaching was both experiential. He not only spoke, he lived what he taught them. Now, we are not part of that intense training camp that Jesus did with his disciples. So does that mean that we are not disciples ourselves? Well, no, that does not what it means. Because actually, Jesus prepared the path for the disciples forever. And there is two things that help us, even though we were not at the same time as Jesus was alive, two things that will help us to be his disciples. The first thing is in John um, chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus said, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So when Jesus ascended to heaven, he left the Holy Spirit to us here, to all of us, through history, until he comes again. And he will help us on our path of being disciples of Jesus. But we also have the Bible. Second of Timothy, um, chapter 3, verse 16, 17 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. So you see, we have the Holy Spirit and the Bible. And we, therefore, can be his disciples as much as those 11 that we have read so much in the Gospels. 
But to be his disciples, we also need to live like he did. And if one thing that Jesus did throughout his life was sharing, that's what he did. He shared. So what about sharing? Well, we cannot share of what we don't know. If this morning none of us have watched anything or have read anything, you wouldn't have nothing to tell the person close to you. But you did watch and read something, so you have something to share. So in the same way, what do we know that we can share? Think of your favorite hymn or, or song. Do you have a favorite passage? Do you have a favorite verse in the Bible? Do you have a story when Jesus was close to you and make a difference? What do you know about him that is worth sharing? Giving you a moment to consider while I tell you a few examples of myself. When I came to this country, I attended um, my first Anglican service. And um, there was a song that I obviously have never heard before. And it says, the words were, um, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. And I just love that song. Um, and it's, it's one of those sentences that comes to me often, particularly when I'm feeling um, you know, that I'm not deserving of any compassion or anyone deserves any compassion. Um, but also I remember back home, you know, the world is a troubled place. Our land suffers. And I come from Colombia, so we, we have a pretty fair share of trouble. And I remember that in, in many of uh, prayer times and, and vigils, we will uh, repeat 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and I will hear their land. And I remember those words will bring comfort and strength to us as a community to believe that God will heal our land. And I'm just sharing these two among many other passages in the Bible, because I think there have been occasions that I've been able to share with someone who has no idea about God, particularly people who despair about the state of the world. You know, God, God has, 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 um, has something to say about this. But also we have something to do with it. You know, God is not a magician. He is almighty. He is all-powerful. But he has us in this earth to do something. So I wonder what is your favorite passage? What is your favorite hymn? What does that say about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, about you in Christ that you can then share with someone? It may be that you don't know much or very little about God, and that is absolutely fine. Because this is not a guilt trip. I'm not trying to make you feel bad or uncomfortable. Not at all. On the contrary, today's intention is to give an opportunity for us to be honest um, with ourselves and with God. It's an invitation to consider where are we are with God. 
Because you see, Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with that person and they will eat with me. So he is at the door. He's waiting for us to open it. And this is one of those days where I will invite you to consider, have you opened that door? You can say a simple prayer. You know, I don't really know much about you. I would like to open the door. And I would like to let you in and get to know you better. I mean, inviting Jesus to your life, it really is as simple as that. Because we know he won't falter on his promise of coming in and walk with us and eat with us. I mean, the whole implication of eating is the intimacy of that action. You know, when you invite friends around for dinner, there is a level of sharing and intimacy that happens. So that's why beautifully Jesus put, I come and dine with you. Because it's that relational intimacy that he's inviting us to have with him. Or you may actually think this morning, I do have something I can share. I do. I do know about Jesus. I have this particular experience, this particular thing I want to say. Then that is great because the promise of today's passage, you can be sure that I'm always with you to the very end, will be with you at the moment of sharing. You will do that in his authority. Now, I always like to do something practical to bring the message in. So you will be receiving a pack of biscuits in a moment. And you will have two biscuits. Now, if you felt this morning, actually, I don't know much about God. And actually, I need to learn more about him. That's perfect. There's many ways when you can do that. You can read your Bible. You can listen to a podcast, a Christian a radio station. You can start with the books that Ben put at the back. You can attend uh, morning prayers in the church. You can talk to your vicar, Ben, to Kara, to any of the other leaders. <laughs> Do not keep it to yourself. I mean, this morning we were talking about, you know, Jesus rise from the dead for us to live eternal lives. And that's not only about eternity. It's not only about when we're dead. It's about us living now. Lives that are fulfilled, that are, live in abundance. So the invitation is there. So if you, if you think you need to, to get to know Jesus, to get to know God better, then enjoy those biscuits, the two of them, by yourself, as you consider how you're going to do that. But maybe you two of this morning, actually, I do have something to say to someone. So the invitation is that you will share a biscuit. Share that second biscuit to someone that needs to know about God. And be assured that by doing that, God will be with you. Because that's his promise to us this morning. And that you will not be doing that on your own strength, but that you will be doing that in his authority. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make them in the authority that I'm giving you. And you can be sure that I'm always with you to the very end. Can we have the biscuits?